Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast, and thank you for joining with us to worship and learn more about God. We are so excited to have you be a part of this week's service. For more podcasts and services from past weeks, or to join us online on Sunday mornings, check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, enjoy the message. Good morning. Let me, uh, let me calm down a little bit. About, I was just praising Jesus. I'm going need to a, need a minute. That's all I got. So, Last week was, was Easter. Guys, we had over 600 people in the building. It was so good to get the church together. And I know Easter is a big one. Like, like you know, for, for those that, it, like, churches once a month, twice a month, you know, occasional, whatever, like that's the Sunday that you're coming, right? And, uh, or if you, if, if you got one or two Sundays a year, you're the CEOs, like you're the Christmas and Easter onlys. So, uh, and we're talk, probably talking about them because they might not be here. And, but if you're joining us back from Easter, welcome. We are so glad. But it's great to get the family together, the, the church together. So I, and I think about the life of the early church. Jesus had just risen, like he showed up to the followers, and, and what he's doing, like in this week, what he's doing in the weeks that are going to follow, like he's showing up to them, there's locked rooms, and the dude's like just phasing through walls, and he's showing up, and he's eating with them, and he's revealing himself to them. There's guys who, who weren't there, like a Thomas, and he's doubting it, he's like, I, I know you guys are talking about Jesus raising from the dead, and that you've seen him, but I just, ah. I just don't believe it. And he, he has this moniker, Doubting Thomas, for the rest of eternity. We know him as Doubting Thomas. Poor guy. Like, he did believe, and he did go on to do some pretty amazing things and extend the gospel. But he had to see it. And so Jesus does. He shows up to him. He says, stick your hands in my scars. Stick your hand in my side. Right? And he shows up to the Doubting Thomas. This is what's happening. There's, listen, there are dead people around the city popping up out of the grave. What? And it's pointing to Jesus, pointing to the resurrected. This was a massive event. And the early church was started. Jesus says, now, now I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. So they do. They go. And then we're going to celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Like it's like 50 days from Easter. And it's probably, what is it, June. And there's going to be this, this Sunday that they're waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit shows up and he fills them. They would receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon them to be witnesses. And that happens. And they're speaking in tongues and they, they think they're drunk. And, and they're on the top of this, this house. And Peter walks out and he says, we're not drunk, as you suppose. And begins to tell them about the gospel. He begins to share with them the message that the risen Christ is the one we've been waiting for. 3,000 people come to the church that day are added. The church is born. The gospel is going to the outer reaches of the world. And so here we are jumping back into Galatians. We took a break. Easter, kind of a big deal. Jesus, you know. So we took a break from Galatians, but now we're jumping back into Galatians. And we join the church now a couple decades removed from this experience. And there's already some there's already some division. There's already some issues that we're facing. And so Paul actually writes one of his first letters or epistles to the, the early churches in, in Galatia, not a city, but a region. So he's gone. He's been sent out, him and Barnabas. We release you. We we're send you out to the Gentiles. They go and they start planting these churches. The Gentiles start believing this message 
of Jesus, this message of the cross, of the risen Savior. And, and so, so Gentiles, not Jews, like we're all probably, unless you have any Jewish heritage in you, we're all Gentiles. So this is good news for us. So the Gentiles are getting saved. Well, some saw that. You might remember from the previous weeks that uh, some guys from, from Jerusalem came, the party of the circumcision. Doesn't sound like a party, but they, uh, they're coming up and they're coming around after Paul and they're saying, listen, it's not enough that you just put your faith and trust and believe in Jesus. You must also be circumcised. You must also become a Jew. You must also follow our laws, our customs, our celebrations. Like you, you have, to, it's not just Jesus. You also have to, it's Jesus plus. And so they, they're, they're doing, and, and Paul's like, this is a false gospel. And so he's writing this letter and he's upset and the, it, it comes across and we can read it and he's, he's angry. Well, this section today, I wanted to call like uh, the smackdown. Right, I grew up in the 80s and 90s when, and like uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage and anybody, like, like I couldn't watch it in my house, but, but like my friends had the figurines and they had, they had the, the, you know, the wrestling was on and it was like the Smackdown and they would get, and, and so that's what I wanted to entitle this because we're about to see Paul get in Peter's face, the Peter that walked with Jesus, the Peter that walked on water. Like the Peter that was a disciple, like the, the Peter that got up on that day of Pentecost and, and, and 3,000 people are added to the church, that Peter, that's the one that Paul gets in his face. So this is a big deal. This is a big deal with the church. And so let's go there. Instead of the smackdown, I forgot to tell you, I decided to call this, thank you, Chris, the hopeful hypocrite. Because I want to focus on Peter, the hopeful hypocrite. So let's jump in, verse 11. But when Kephas, Cephas, we're going to call him Peter. Like this guy, you might get confusing if you're new to Scripture. They call him Cephas. Some people pronounce it Kephas. Uh, they call him Simon. We're going to call him Peter. <laughs> but when Peter came to Antioch, I, uh, so when I read Scripture with my kids, I'll often add voices because I hear voices in my head. Don't, I know. <laughs> In a, in a good way, like characters. Like, uh, so when I read this, I'm thinking Sopranos. I'm thinking Godfather. Like, I just can't get past. But when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Like, he gets up right in his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. So it's okay to eat with the Gentiles until, until your homies run, run, roll up from Jerusalem. It's, it's, it's fine to eat with the Gentiles. But when they're here, you're changing your behavior. Verse, when I use voices, I lose my place. Um, so verse 12, for, uh, but when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. Verse 13, and the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas, not, not Barnabas, so Barnabas is known as the son of encouragement. Remember I just alluded to Paul and Barnabas are the ones that are sent out. Like Barnabas is the one that stuck up for Paul. Like Paul was the one who was murdering Christians, jailing Christians, the, the one that the early church feared because of, of his behavior as a, as a Jew and as a Pharisee, he would come and he would uh, put the, the Jews in jail and he would uh, see them. He, he stood as Stephen is being stoned. That, this is that, that Paul. And now Paul becomes radically saved as Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus. And now he's a, a champion for the gospel. What? Like, you, 
that'd be a hard, hard thing to, to figure out, right? And so Barnabas is the one that sticks up for him. He's like, no, listen, he really knows Jesus. He, he's the real deal. We don't have, he's not trying to be a mole. He's not trying to trick us. So this is that Barnabas. He's like, even Barnabas, it had to hurt, was led astray by their hypocrisy. Verse 14, but when I saw their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, he said it in public. He's like, I told him to your face. If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? It was a confrontation. It was a smackdown. He was right there in Peter's face. And we already know in the first couple chapters of, of Galatians, we, we've seen where uh, Paul, he, he's um, telling you, that it's Jesus who, who called me. Jesus is the one that met me on the road to Damascus. I didn't get my calling or my salvation through any, any man. Right? And then, I, and then I, I go to Jerusalem and the pillars, like the, the apostles, the, the main guys, they give me the right hand of fellowship, which was like, we're good. Like they, they accepted me then. So I'm accepted and sent by Jesus. I'm accepted and sent by Paul. And my beard is on point today, rubbing against the microphone. So if I don't have to wear it, because it's also rubbing against my head. Oh, see, now this is, now I can get fiery because I got the handheld. I'm saying, let's spit a little bit. Watch out. I don't have COVID, I promise. So we're, we're in Antioch. It's 300 miles away from Jerusalem. So Peter is up in Antioch, away from all those guys. And the, the gospel has come to the Gentiles. Peter's having a, a, a great time eating with the Gentiles. Right? He, he's fellowshipping with the Gentiles. He's hanging out with the Gentiles. This was, was Paul's missionary base. This is where Paul would, would live and then go out and, and plant these churches and then oversee these churches, send letters to these churches. It was out of Antioch. In fact, it's Antioch where you're first, we learn first that they're, they're called Christians. And it was a derogatory term that they began to wear like a badge. They called them little Christs, and they're like, yeah, we are. Like, these are the ones that are turning the world upside down. These are the ones that are, are, are wreaking havoc. These are those Christians. And we're still called Christians today. We're like, yeah. Come on. No, nobody? Nobody's like, come on, Joey? Yeah, okay, come on. Like, yeah, we're still called Christians. The world's going to know. All right, so this is, this is in Antioch. Peter is with the Gentiles, and he, he has to remember what it was like to walk with Jesus. Like, remember Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors like it was nothing? And the Pharisees were like, why does your rabbi eat with sinners and tax collectors? Because tax collectors were actually worse than sinners. And just by eating with them, like, they're lot, like you were unclean when you ate with Gentiles. You were unclean when you would eat and hang out and fellowship with sinners and tax collectors. But that was Jesus, his whole ministry. Like he, we would find him at the well in Samaria, which Jews, they would walk around Samaria. They wouldn't even take the shorter route through Samaria because unclean. So Jesus is going into Samaria, and much less he's talking to a Samaritan woman. Like, that was a big deal then. You don't do that. It makes you unclean. And so Peter sees Jesus. He was walking with Jesus. 
and he sees him. Sinners, tax collectors, women, Samaritans, even the, the demoniac that Jesus would drive the demons out into the pigs. He was a Gentile. Jesus was no respecter of persons. It didn't matter who you were. The kingdom was coming to you. The healing would come to you. Casting out demons would come to you. Life restored would come to you. Woman caught in the act of adultery, she's supposed to be stoned. But Jesus, Peter sees all of this. How far has Peter come where he begins to stop eating with the Gentiles and pulling away because some guys rolled up from Jerusalem? What in the world was Peter thinking? But we remember Peter, right? As we, as we led up to the to Easter and then following, Peter was the one that denied Jesus. That ran. They all ran, but Peter actually denied Jesus three times. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. So this is kind of a, a character flaw for Peter. He really cares about what people think. And so we find him here. Again, he's a hypocrite. Again, he's living hypocritically. And so Paul is addressing him publicly. The early church, there was this lovely thing. They would have these agape feasts. Now, agape doesn't mean a whole lot to us, but it's, we have one word for love. Like, I love a cheeseburger, and I love my wife. Like, like what? I, I love my kids, and I can love on some donuts. Like, it's just like we have one word for love. But they had more than one word for love. Agape was one of them. And it was this, this beautiful thing, this brotherly love. And so they have this uh, agape feast, this love feast. I, I want to say agape because love feast just kind of sounds weird in our culture. It's like, Ew. So they were having, okay, we'll call it potluck. They were having these potlucks, right? So hopefully potlucks can maybe come back. Like I know they, they left for a little bit for a couple years. And I, I believe that was more um, an opportunity for the, the enemy than anything else because it, it, it separated us. We've got to hunker down and we've got to be separate. And we've got to, and, and I know I'm not, I'm not talking about any of the, the things. I know there was reasons for that. But the enemy can also use that. And so I believe that as they, they got away uh, from, from getting together, as we've got away from getting together, it was just like what the early church was doing. They were separating. But it was beautiful. They would have them, like we read early on in Acts, they were meeting daily, breaking bread, ha- having everything in common. Right? But by this time, they're meeting, and these agape feasts where they happen like once a week, and they're coming together, and they're, they're sharing these meals. And so imagine, now, now the gospel has come to the Gentiles. And there are rich Gentiles, and there are poor Gentiles. There are slaves, and there are Jews, and there are affluent Jews, and there are probably some poor Jews. And they're all coming together, and they're bringing something. Now, some people could bring the shrimp cocktails, you know. Some people could bring the roast. Some people could bring the, uh, what's that good, good cut of meat? The Wagyu. Some people bring in the Wagyu. Is that how you say it? Wagyu? Okay. Uh, so, and then some people are bringing nothing. They're bringing themselves. They got maybe crackers, or maybe they're like young adults. They bring chips and, and a two-liter. <laughs> I was there. I know you. And so, so they're, they're bringing all this together, and they're, and they're sharing it. So whether I'm a slave, I'm eating like a king. Whether I'm a, 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 a rich, affluent person, like we're sharing it. And then they would end those, those agape feasts, those potlucks with, with communion, and they would remember the Lord's Supper. Well, then think about how drastic of a change it is. 
I show up and I'm not able to sit at your table anymore. You brought the Wagyu this week and I got to eat Doritos or I got to eat nothing. And Paul was incensed. He's like, bro, what are you doing? He's getting in his face. I pose Peter to his face. He's like, you live like a Gentile when these guys aren't here. But when they show up, all of a sudden you're pulling away. And even Barnabas, like our actions matter. It's not just us. It affects people around us. That's extra. That's, it, your, your actions and the way you portray Jesus affects people around you. And he's like, what are you doing? You're bringing division in the church. In verse 12. It says, but certain men from James, certain men from James show up. And really, uh, James kind of gets thrown in here, but they're just from Jerusalem. Because we'll see later where, where, where James either had a change of heart like Peter or his just name got, got put on this and is like, hey, they're not from me. I didn't send them. But they're coming from Jerusalem and there's these, these religious leaders and they're saying, no, it's not enough that you accept Jesus. It's not enough that you believe that Jesus paid for your sins and that because of his work on the cross, you are forgiven and that you have eternal life. It's not enough. Like you also have to be circumcised. You also have to follow all our rules and customs, right? And so it's, it's ruining this beautiful thing and bringing division. I want to say like, there's some things coming up. We got a men's breakfast coming up on May 14th. Like we've, we've got a, a ladies Bible study that's happening on Wednesday nights, the first and third, and they're going through the book of Galatians. Check that out. And I want to encourage you, if you want to get people together, we got a men's, men's thing on Tuesday mornings, but I want to encourage you, if you want to get people together in your home, like you're like, I want to get people together, I want to host, like we crochet like nobody's business, and I want to get all the crocheters up in here together, and let's crochet something big. I don't even know. Do you crochet together? Can you tie it together at the end, make a big blanket? I don't know. Or maybe you, you throw discs, and you want to get people together like, that is, is a value, and if you want to get people together, I, I want to hear about it. Come tell me. If you, like, there's a book of the Bible that I want to go through, I want to gather people. Let's do it. If you're like, there's this marriage study that I want to do, and, and, I, and I think it would be really beneficial, let's do it. If you're like, I got something to teach, but you don't want to come to my house. Hopefully somebody else has talked to me and said, I got a house, but I don't got, I got anything to teach. I ain't got anything to say. And we'll get you guys together. Like, let's do it. Let's get the church together. Again, it's a beautiful thing. Let's, let's have potlucks. I do. I, I must say about potlucks. Like growing up and uh, just being in the church, like I've, I've been to my fair share of potlucks. And I always like, I got to keep an eyeball on the door and see who, who's bringing in the stuff. Like I want to be there when stuff comes in. Right? Like, I mean, I love potlucks, but I also, I want to be safe. That's all I'm saying. I want to be safe. So I just, you know, I keep my eyes peeled. And then I, I pick and choose. Like, okay, this is from the Joneses. I'm going to eat that. This is from the, those Joneses. I'm not touching that. And if your name is Jones, maybe I'm talking about you. I don't know. But potlucks, like, they need to come back. Maybe. I don't know. Should we kill? No, they need to come back. Like, just, just keep your eyes peeled. That's all I'm saying. Keep your eyes peeled. So let's, do, let's get back together. It's a beautiful thing when the church comes together. And this is what Paul's addressing. It's been 
there are the haves and the have-nots. There are uh, divisions in the church. They're not coming together. It's, it's no longer beautiful. But let's look at, at, at Peter. How did Peter get here? In Acts 10, it's Peter who takes the gospel to the Gentiles first. All right, so Peter rolls up to Joppa. It's a town. You don't need to know. It's, it's Joppa. And he raised through the power of Jesus, raises his girl from the dead. And he's like, I, you know what? I think I'll stay here for a little bit. So he's in the town of Joppa. He's chilling. And at the, in this, at the same time, 30 miles away in Caesarea, there's this Cornelius. And he's a God-fearing Roman centurion. He's a Gentile. But he loves the Lord and he prays all the time. And he gives alms. Like he gives to the poor. Like he's just a good dude. This angel shows up to him in a vision. And he says, Cornelius, the Lord has seen, he's heard your prayers and he's seen your alms. And I just want to take just a brief little, little side and say, uh, God sees, he hears your prayers and he sees your generosity. This isn't so much an aside on, on tithing, though it's beneficial and it's good, but are you generous? Do you give to the poor? Do you give to those in need? Because the Lord sees it. And here's a scripture, if you, if you read through Acts 10, that will show you that not only does he, he remember it, he rewards it. He sends an angel to show the gospel to Cornelius because he's praying and because he's taking care of the poor, because he's generous. God loves a generous heart. And so Cornelius, uh, the, the, the angel shows up and he says, uh, this memorial has come up before the Lord. He's heard your prayers and he's seen your alms to the poor. And he wants you to take three guys and send them to Joppa. You're going to find, this is why, it's like, can't we just call him Peter? Simon the Tanner has this house, and Simon Peter is going to be in that house. And so don't bring back the wrong Simon. You need to talk to the Simon Peter, not Simon the Tanner, and he's in Joppa. So he goes to the Joppa, and he gets, those three guys are on the way. The next day, those guys are on their way, Peter is on the rooftop, catching a breeze, praying. And he's like, I'm hungry, so they're fixing him food. And he's on the rooftop, and he has a vision. The sheet falls down. And there's like unclean animals on it, and clean animals, and they're mixed. Right? This picture of Gentiles and Jews together. And he's like, rise, kill, and eat. And he's like, Phew. now everything's unclean. Like, I, I've never eaten any, anything unclean. Lord, you know that. I can't do that. And he's like, Why? Would you call unclean what I have made clean? He sees this three times. Peter, you got to get through his skull. He denies Jesus three times, is restored three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And so here's Peter again. Three times he got to see this vision. And then he's still like pondering. He's still like perplexed. What could this mean? Like, I don't know if you remember this, but Jesus had this teaching. It's in Mark 7. And he tells, he tells them that it's not what goes in you that defiles you, right? Because it's just going to go in your belly and out the poo-poo. It's going to be expelled. It's not what you eat that defiles you, but it's what comes out of your heart that defiles you. The anger, the malice, the lust, the deceit, that's what defiles you. And then Mark adds this parenthetical uh, uh, statement. I knew I was going to mess that up. Parenthet I got through parenthetical. Maybe I didn't get through it. I didn't get through it. He adds this little parenthesis. He's like, thus Jesus made all food clean. So they know. They know that Jesus is making all, all food clean, and here he is making division again. How did Peter get here? But Peter, this vision comes down. He sees a sheet three times. Rise, kill, and eat. Rise, kill, and eat. Rise, kill, and eat. What? 
I've never done this. Don't call unclean what I have made clean. And then the three dudes show up at the door. And the the Lord tells Peter, go down and go tell them what they ask. Do anything they ask. And so Peter doesn't know why he's going to Cornelius' house. And Cornelius doesn't exactly know why he's sending for Peter or what Peter's going to say. They just both know they've heard the Lord. So Peter shows up and he shares the gospel with them. And the Gentiles believe. And he brought some Jews along with him so they could witness this. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they speak in tongues. And, they, and he come back with this, this report. These Gentiles, they believe in Jesus just like we do. They were filled with the Holy Spirit just like we are. What is preventing the Gentiles from coming to Jesus? So Peter was the first to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And here he is taking the gospel away. And so that's why Paul is so incensed. So Acts 15, here's the timeline. Acts 10, first time that the the Gentiles get the gospel through Peter. Galatians 2, Paul gets in Peter's face. Acts 15, we see this whole arc of Peter. This is the first conference, the, the Jerusalem council. This was such a big deal. The Jews and the Gentiles being separate and what do the Gentiles have to do to be saved? This was such a big deal that they're, they're bringing everybody together to talk about it and make a decision. Like, we've got to wrestle this down. And so here they are, the council's together. It's the first conference. And Peter's like, after much debate, I'll take the floor. No, no, Paul Barnabas, you sit down. I got this. I just want you to hear, hear Peter and the, and the change. Remember, Paul had, had gotten in his face in Galatians 2. Here's Peter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, You know that in the early days God made a choice among you. That by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. I don't know if you read scripture like this, but this is hilarious to me. Verse 8, and God knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. Verse 9, and he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Verse 10, now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we are able to bear. But we believe that we are saved through grace by Jesus, just as, as they will. So what, what was Peter's response when Paul gets in his face? Peter's response by this shows me that it was, it was repentance. Peter's response when he was living hypocritically was to repent. Because what, what is repentance? Repentance is, is changing my mind. Turning towards God. Like, I'm, I'm going this way. Oops. This is not the way of the Lord. This is not the truth of the gospel. This is what Paul would say in, in uh, one of the verses that we read. That he's out of step of the truth of the gospel, and so you change your direction. It's repentance. I'm going to not think like I did. I'm not going to do the things I, I've done. That's Repentance. See, a lot of time we were having this discussion a couple weeks ago with the guys. A lot of the times uh, we think we, we need to ask forgiveness. And we're like, oh, I messed up. Lord, will you forgive me? Oh, I messed up. Lord, will you forgive me? And you mess up and you mess up and you mess up. Lord, will you forgive me? Guess what? You were forgiven. You are forgiven. You will be forgiven. We just celebrated Easter. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, you're forgiven. There's, there's a, the, the, those who, who love those Civil War reenactments, right? We want to reenact the, the battle. 
Let's not reenact the cross every time. Let's not, like, like, get the, I mean, we kind of do every Easter, but, but it's for a point. Like, don't take Jesus back to the cross every time you need forgiveness. You are forgiven. What you need to do is repent. What you need to do is have a change of heart, a change of behavior, a change of mind. And that's what I see Peter doing. So much so that he's pretty confident. After this is when Paul and Barnabas would get up and say how they've been able to share the, the gospel with the Gentiles and how the churches believe. And then, then they're able to make a decision. And like, we're not going to put any of these restrictions on the Gentiles. They don't have to be circumcised. We just ask that they abstain from, from food that's been sacrificed to idols. But even that was all about the fellowship with the Jews. That was all about relationship because later on, like that wasn't even a big deal. Like you can eat, we know that this food has been sacrificed to idols, ain't no thing. You can eat that food. But if you're eating next to somebody who thinks it's a thing because you love them, don't eat it. It's all about relationship. And this was all about division. So here's this hopeful hypocrite, Peter, having a repent. What do you do when you're a hypocrite? What do you do when you find out you've messed up? You repent. I was sharing this with one of my kids the other day. It's like, I expect you to make mistakes. I expect you to mess up. But it's how you respond when you mess up that defines the type of person you're going to be. How do you respond? You repent and you change direction. uh, The the truth of the gospel is what Paul was upset about. Verse 14, that's that one I was fishing for. The gospel is important enough for Paul to get in his face. When I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, that's what made Paul so incensed. That's why Paul's writing this letter. Paul was about the purity and the preservation and the advancement of the gospel. He wasn't looking for a fight for a fight's sake. He wasn't being opposed for opposition's sake because he was about the purity and the preservation and the advancement of the gospel. What is the, the truth of the gospel? It's through Jesus. It's not any of your works. Like you were never able to do it. Like Peter, Peter would talk about this uh, in, in, um, when he said placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that, that none of us were able to bear. Like the, well, yoke, yokes on Yoke's on you. I'm a dad. I'm sorry. Yoke's on you. Um, so the yoke was, was those beasts of burden, right? They're, they're, they were two oxen that would be hooked to this yoke. And, and the, the Old Testament uh, law keepers, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they would follow the law and they would, they would call it a burden. They would call the law a burden, but they would be so proud about it. And Jesus would even say, don't pray like the Pharisees all loud and proud. All right, don't, don't give like the Pharisees so everybody can see it. Don't fast like the Pharisees where you, your faces are gaunt and your, your clothes are ripped and you want everybody to know what, what yoke, what burden you're bearing. But Jesus will also teach, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why is his yoke easy? Why is his burden light? Because you ain't carrying nothing. Salvation is has come to you, and Jesus did all the work. Salvation stays in you because Jesus is still doing all the work. We bring nothing to the table except our faith. We bring, we did nothing. We didn't get up on the cross. We bring nothing to the table except our faith and our belief and our trust. We are saved by grace 
Jesus did all the work and he's still doing all the work through faith, our simple trust and hope in him. See, salvation, salvation is, is something that's it's not based on you. It's not based on your work. It's not based on your efforts. Salvation is something that's placed on you. Salvation is not based on you. Salvation is placed on you. Acceptance by God is not based on you. Acceptance by God is placed on you. And it's been placed on you because of what Jesus did on the cross, the work that he did. And so as we, as we walk this out, we know the truth of the gospel, that the, the, the grace that we receive is not, not based on us, but is placed on us. We need to be like Peter. When we find ourselves being hypocrites, when we find ourselves acting hypocritically, when we find ourselves acting not in step with the truth of the gospel, we need to repent. We're already forgiven. He expects us to mess up. Does anybody, has anybody just got, man, this weight just lifted off my shoulders. The yoke that you're carrying weighs nothing. Jesus is carrying it all. That's good news. That's good news. That's great news. The yoke that you carry weighs nothing. That we would be we respond like Paul. If we're not in step with the truth of the gospel as a church, that we would be like, come on, get up in somebody's face and say, let's do this. The gospel is important. The message of the gospel is worth it. There's division happening that shouldn't happen. Let's get together. Let's be the, the church. Let's have these potlucks, gape feasts. Let's get together. Let's do this. Let's be the church. It's important. It was important enough to me, and somehow I'm acting hypocritically, and I'm not sharing it, and I'm walking in a, in a life in a way that doesn't reflect the gospel, and there's nobody coming to Jesus because of me, and my life should reflect Jesus in a way that people are getting excited, and people are coming to the cross because they're like, this is, this is heavy, what I'm carrying, and you're telling me Jesus will carry all of it? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me five years ago? Why didn't you tell me yesterday? Why have I had to wait? Let's get a, be like Paul and get excited about the truth of the gospel. It's that important. You see people weighed down and carrying this weight, and they don't have to. Maybe it's because you're carrying the weight. So repent, turn. Oh, I love this scripture. Repent then, turn to God. The times of refreshing Hear that times of refreshing will come from the Lord. Not times of ridicule, not times of condemnation, not times of you messed up again. Repent and turn to God so that times of refreshing can come from the Lord. Healing. He's carrying the weight and he can take more. Load him up. We're going to go back into another song here in a moment. Load him up. Say, God, I give it to you. I magnify your name. I worship you. God, I, I, I give you the praise that is due your name, and I release all of this, all of this burden that I'm carrying. God, make me free so that I can make others free. Let them know that acceptance is not based on them. It's placed on them. It's not based on what they do. It's, it's placed on them by what Jesus has done. Let them know. 
live like you're free because you are. Amen? I'm excited. I hope you're excited too. God, we thank you for the truth of your gospel. God, the, the, the truth that sets people free, that's not based on what they do, but it's placed on them by what Jesus has done. God, we thank you for the, the freedom that comes when we simply believe and put our faith and our trust and our hope in a Jesus that paid it all. Because of that, God, you are worthy. You are worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our devotion. You're worthy of our time. You're worthy of our attention. God, for the next few moments, God, we want to load you up. We know you can take it. God, take our burdens and take our praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining with us today. We would love to pray for you and make a connection with you. So please check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Here you can ask questions, request prayer, find past messages and podcasts, or support Renaissance through online giving. We can't wait to hear from you. 